0: I'm Damian Fowler
1: and I'm Elise Liffring
0: and welcome to this edition of The Current Podcast.
1: This week we're delighted to talk with Marissa Solis, the SVP of Global and Consumer Marketing for the NFL.
0: In 2021, the NFL recruited Marissa. After almost two decades as a marketing leader with PepsiCo, it was an opportunity to influence the league's almost 400 million sports fans around the world.
2: It's an incredible feeling when the NFL calls, and especially with an opportunity to influence the messaging and the marketing of such an incredible platform with so much potential. You know, it's something, an opportunity I can pass up.
0: I mean, there's no doubt about it that the NFL is one of the most dominant cultural forces in the world. So let's start right there. And we obviously have to start with the NFL's recent pop culture boost from Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, which is must be a consumer marketer's dream in a way. Could you talk to us about that moment and the opportunity for you as a marketer?
2: It means a lot when things like this happen and it goes so viral. It just goes to show that the NFL is at the peak of, you know, entertainment. I have to tell you, none of us knew. This was not planned. This was not anything that was orchestrated. We had sort of heard the rumors about Travis, you know, going to her concert and then inviting her to the game. But we really didn't know. We didn't know she was going to show up at the game. And so when it all happened, I mean, the power of social media, right, within... 10 seconds, this thing went viral. And for us, you know, we have a social media and influencer arm within the league that are ready at the go when anything happens. So we were able to capitalize and have some fun with the fans. Uh, We created some 101 football videos for Swifties that had never seen the game before on how you play. But think about all of the NFL fans that don't know who Taylor Swift is. So we also were able to do a little bit of education to some of our NFL fans about who she is. So it's actually been a cultural education for a lot of people, and we've had a lot of fun with it.
1: Yeah, thank you for clearing that up because I think a lot of rumors circulating was like, oh, the NFL's behind it. They know this happened. Had no had idea. <laughs>
2: no idea, but I, I I think, you know, it's a really good lesson for marketers. Mm -hmm. Culture happens at the speed of light and you just have to be ready. You know, we like to say or think we create culture, but culture is organic and embedded. Culture just happens and we just happen to be ready at the moment, right?
0: Yeah. There's no doubt that the Super Bowl is the high point of the year. Curious, are you going to be using some of these immovable cultural forces like Taylor Swift and Kelsey in your Super Bowl messaging?
2: You know, we always leverage the Super Bowl to do some powerful messaging around the joy of the sport, but also how the sport transcends. So last year, the message was all around the power of women and what women bring to the sport. And now we're in the Olympics. So you're going to see some powerful messaging about what the league means to culture. It will be a very powerful message.
1: On that note, do you have like a favorite Super Bowl ad? I did not. Even though you were
2: going to ask me that, by the way, but I have to say, and it's very ironic, my favorite Super Bowl out of all times was actually created by Tim Ellis, who's my boss. He was not at the NFL at the time. He was at Volkswagen. And it's the Darth Vader spot. You know, I don't know if you know where the, where the little boy, he's playing Darth Vader. And at the end, the dad turns on the car and he's like, oh, my God. I love, love that spot. And when I interviewed with Tim, that was like the first thing. I told him, I'm like, I can't believe I might get to work for the person that created, you know, one of the best spots of all time. So, so cute. <laughs> That's it.
0: I wanted to just pivot a little bit. I saw an interview in the Hollywood Reporter with uh, the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell, who was headlined Hollywood's MVP. And in that piece, he talks about how the NFL has embraced streaming, which, you know, is a topic we talk about a lot. And he was quoted as saying, the technology is changing, the platforms are changing, the economy is changing, and we have to be ahead of that strategy at all times so that we are where our fans are and on the platforms they want to be on. Can you talk to us a little bit about the challenge and opportunity of these streaming platforms that he's talking about?
2: Really more of an opportunity. It really becomes about, like he said, being where our fans are. And we know, particularly Gen Z, they're not necessarily watching linear TV. They're not spending three and a half hours, you know, watching a game. And so that's why platforms like Google and YouTube and having Sunday Ticket on there opens up an incredible way to distribute our content. Also, it opens up the power of the creator economy for us because we can leverage a lot of YouTube's creators to create content to attract this audience. You think about all of the different things we've been able to do with that YouTube partnership, Every club has a YouTube channel. We have our Spanish language NFL channel. So we've been able to do a lot with Google and YouTube. We also have our Thursday night football partnership with Amazon. So for the first time ever, this is the second year that a Thursday night, a big platform game is completely streamed. We're now commanding on average 13 million viewers a week on a streaming platform. That's massive. I don't know if you guys know this, but this will be the first year in history that we create a Black Friday game on Amazon. So first time ever, there's a Friday NFL game. It's on Amazon Prime, but it's going to be free. So it's not behind the paywall. Anybody can join. Anybody can stream it. So we think it's going to be huge.
0: That's going to be huge. Yeah. Wow. Another huge cultural force.
2: Another huge cultural force. So now you have a Black Friday game. You know, it's a new watching occasion.
1: What do you think overall about like streaming and live sports coming together and just captivating like whole new audiences? I know with a brand like the NFL, which everybody knows, it's kind of can be hard to like strike a balance between embracing like new preferences and habits of like younger consumers while also then maintaining the authenticity and tradition of a brand as like iconic as the NFL.
2: Yeah, of course, and it it is the right balance and the beautiful thing is when you look at linear TV even though, you know, you start to see some audiences leave linear, we still command the biggest audiences on linear, right? We just had our largest game ever on Sunday night with 28 million viewers. Now, some of that may have been the Travis and Taylor Swift effect, mm-hmm. but we're still commanding audiences on linear. However, when you look at the opportunity to do streaming, like I said, direct-to-consumer, we just launched our direct-to-consumer platform, NFL Plus. And so you can also stream games on your mobile. You can look at statistics. You can look at lifestyle and stories uh, of the players and really get much more involved in the game than just watching you know, the traditional three-hour game. There's a lot more there to, to see and learn about.
1: Now, part of your remit is to help diversify the marketing for the NFL, or as you put it so nicely, future-proof the brand. I have read that 60% of the NFL audience is white and over 35. The America of the future, however, will be very young and multicultural. So how do you approach this challenge?
2: I think that stat that you read is probably about two years old. And interestingly enough, that was one of the reasons I came to the NFL. In order for us to stay relevant in the future, we have to reflect the audiences that we serve. And as the world gets more multicultural, as Gen Z and Gen A... As they kind of come into being, we really have to embrace them and bring them in. So part of our strategy is to keep the fan base we have. But a big part of our strategy is to extend to those new audiences. So that includes, you know, Gen Z and younger audiences, but also multicultural audiences, our Latino audience, our African-American and Asian audience, our LGBTQ community. Like we really need to embrace them and bring them in to engage with the sport in a new way.
0: Can I just ask how specifically do you try to engage those different communities?
2: Yeah, I think it's about meeting them where they are both from a channel perspective, right, how they're watching, but also understanding how they engage with the game. They all engage with the game very, very differently. You know, our Latino audience is an example. The way they watch, the way they celebrate, the way they tailgate is very, very different. They bring in their traditions. And so we want to celebrate that. We've been doing a lot this year to really highlight Latino players because people don't even realize we have 51 Latino players on the roster playing. It's all about kind of bringing to life in a very different way to these audiences, uh, the game.
1: And one of those audiences is women, too. And the NFL has made a big effort towards getting more women involved in the game, both as staff and then as fans. What are some ways you're trying to connect your marketing to women?
2: Yeah, I think women, you know, are a big part of our fan base. Almost 47% of our fan base are women. We have the highest women fan base percent of any league in the country and women love football, right? So it really is about engaging them in the game in a unique way, recognizing not just how they engage and watch the game, but also how they participate. I don't think people realize we have so many women champion players, right? Both flag football, but also tackle. I just heard that there was the first ever high school girl that just got a scholarship to play tackle to be the kicker for a college team. So more and more women are participating. They're becoming coaches, trainers, scouts, you know, executives. So it's a great way to kind of see that level of participation. And of course, you know, we have to get back to Taylor and the Swifty effect. Capturing this fan base, right? the Swifties, as you call them, and really having the opportunity to educate them, bring them in, bring kind of that cultural fandom, the lifestyle, whether it's the music, the fashion, the food, all of those things are part of the NFL and part of the sport, so it just makes it richer and and more relevant.
1: Do you see that Taylor Swift effect, if you will, kind of more as like a flash in the pan, or do you think they'll have like a last engagement, especially with women?
2: What I think is important for us is that we have a moment in time where Swifties, as we call them, are paying attention. And so this is our moment to capture them and bring them into the sport so that they engage on going. Whether the Taylor Swift effect lasts or doesn't last, we want to keep that fan base. And we'll do so by, again, being culturally relevant, bringing in their life, their music, their fashion, the way they really want to engage the game.
0: The NFL really is a cultural force and a lot of brands look to the NFL as sort of a beacon for sports across the media landscape. You know, I'm wondering how, you know, you approach distribution and partnerships in your marketing and what brands can learn from how you approach it.
2: I mean, again, it's really about being where the fans are. So every partnership matters, right? And we take every partnership very seriously. And so whether it's a partnership that has a lot of reach so that we reach a massive audience, or maybe it's a partnership that will reach somebody different, whether it's in another country or a segment of, you know, the fan base that we haven't reached before. We have a very nascent platform right now, as an example, called Mundo NFL, It is a podcast based platform. And again, it's reaching a completely new audience and may not be as broad based as, you know, a Google or a YouTube, but it's still important for us because we're reaching that fan base. So it's a balance of reach, very, very targeted, but just making sure that we are offering the content and distributing it out there to, you know, every corner of the fan base, as I call it.
0: What kind of market research do you do to stay ahead of where fans are moving and the kind of things that they want to engage with and how that is evolving?
2: Yeah, we're very, very engaged in research 24-7, 365. The very basic, you know, we do keep a pulse on how the league is doing with fans. We know perception. uh, We measure certain attributes. You know, are we inclusive? Are we fun? Are we engaging? And we measure them across all those audiences. And that is ongoing, right? In terms of culture, I wish I could tell you the, the formula. There really isn't one. It really is about having a very engaged team. As I mentioned, we have an incredible social and influencer team led by Ian Trombetta, which I got to give him a shout out. They are incredible. They're in the culture and they hear things and they observe and they do a lot of social listening. And when something like Taylor Swift showing up to the game happens, even though we didn't know about it, they are on it immediately. And I think that's, that's where the success comes from.
0: Where do you find inspiration in, in what's going on in the larger culture?
2: We like the balance of timeless and timely. You've got to keep these timeless essence about you that creates your brand, but you also have to be really timely, right? I'll also say what inspires me at our brands with purpose because we aren't just about the game. We transcend the game. We're such a big platform. We want to make an impact to communities everywhere and we bring people together. We can uplift, you know, underserved communities. So when I see brands like Patagonia doing things they aren't for necessarily for the profit of it, they're for the good of the community and the world, those things inspire me as well.
0: You have a great deal of responsibility. as one of the most powerful brands. Do you feel that sense of responsibility?
2: Every single day. There's so many eyes on the league. Anything that happens is talked about. We don't control the players. We don't control when Taylor shows up to a stadium. We, we don't control it. It is an incredible sense of responsibility to try to at least shape the culture so that, you know, the message is a positive one and we make a positive impact. Not a negative impact. So that that's a tough one.
1: Now, earlier this year you announced the NFL expanded its global markets program. Can you tell us a bit about that and then what the marketing opportunity looks like internationally for American football?
2: Super exciting. This is probably one of the things I'm most excited about about the league. You know, arguably we're the biggest sports and entertainment entity in the US. Not so much in the world. When you look at and see the power of FIFA and and the power of Formula One, like we want to be the number one sports and entertainment entity in the world. Now we've expanded. We have 21 of our clubs have signed international rights in all sorts of countries. So everywhere from Ireland, Africa, you know, Brazil, uh, Spain. And so in the very, very near future, you're going to start to see more and more international games, more and more of our clubs playing in the global arena. And of course, I I have to mention the Olympics, right? We are now in the Olympics for LA28, which will see, you know, both men and women participating in our sport for the first time across the world.
0: I read that you, were, you studied to be uh, an, an ambassador.
2: I did. So I this did. is an
0: interesting you know, turn of events for you.
2: It is. Um, it's very ironic. In very much a way, I feel like an, I'm an ambassador to the fan base and different communities.
1: So it's been fun.
0: Yeah. I mean, the NFL, in a way, is a state unto itself.
2: You could say that, yes.
1: Now, the NFL is arguably the most sought-after brand to partner and align advertising with, but it's also very seasonal. So how do you maintain engagement and relevance in the off-season?
2: You know, it's funny you say that. It's absolutely not seasonal. We are... 365 year round. I actually saw that come to life this year. We just got statistics back during the quote unquote off season in the month of June. We had over 200 million hours of content consumed. We were, I think, the third league and that's without any games or anything like that. So I think annually the stat is we're 45% of the sports conversation and only 2% of the games played in the US. That's a US number. And it's incredible, right? Because in the offseason, people are talking about the free agents, who's going to sign on what team. And then you get content like the quarterback series on Netflix. And now we've got partnerships with like we have a partnership with Skydance to create stories and movies. Then you come have back together Saturday and training camps. And then you have the preseason. So there actually really isn't
1: an, an off-season anymore. I'm sure that's changing with streaming too, because you can just content, go on.
2: Content is king, right? Content everywhere.
1: One final question. In your view, what does the NFL look like in 2030?
2: I mean, I think, you know, the vision is that we are the pinnacle of entertainment around the world. And so that means... Amazing live sports, unpredictable seasons, right? Just like we have today. The game played in every country and not just professionally on TV, but every country participating in the game of flag football. More Olympics, Netflix, or in the movie theaters, or much more storytelling around the incredible stories that this league represents. More diversity in the game, more diversity in the front office, in the coaching staff. So all all good things, hopefully. Lots of impact.
0: And that's it for The Current Podcast. We'll be taking a break next week to celebrate Thanksgiving here in the US. But we'll be back at the end of the month with our guest, Alison Griffin, the head of marketing for State Farm.
2: We've got to make sure the brand is strong and branding is not product advertising. We need to make sure that our assets are known and appreciated. An asset is Jake from State Farm. They also are jingle.
1: And if you love this podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a review. While you're at it, check out our other show, The Current Report, our weekly roundup of what's happening in the world of digital media. The Current Podcast is produced by Wonder Media Network. Our theme is by Love & Caliber. The current team includes Chris Brooklier and CatFesty. And remember, we aren't just about the game. We transcend the
2: game. We're such a big platform. We want to make an impact to communities everywhere.
0: I'm Damien.
1: And I'm Ailise.
0: And we'll see you next time.